What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. And today, for the first time in way too long, we have football topics. We're going to talk running backs. We're going to talk the AFC East division. We're going to start previewing the upcoming NFL season. I am so pumped to do this. I can't wait to get into it. It's going to, it's going to be a great show. I'm so ready for it. Here we go. start with all this running back stuff and then we will move on into the AFC East in the second segment. So the average running back salary in 2023 as of right now Dalvin Cook hasn't been signed yet. You know, Saquon Barkley didn't get a long-term deal. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been signed yet. There's still some guys out there. But as of right now, where we stand today, the average salary for an NFL running back in the year of 2023 is $1.81 million. Meanwhile, the average salary for an NFL kicker in 2023 is $2.26 million. Who would have thought that we would have seen the day where kickers are making more money than running backs? And the responses have been pretty incredible. You know, all the fans, all the smart fans are saying what they should be saying. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Miller, Mark Miller, uh, there's a guy on Twitter. I'm blanking on his name. I know his last name's Miller. He basically comes out. He's like, look, there are three steps. Here's what you do. You draft a running back. You play the running back. You release the running back. And then you just do it all over again. And that is very much what has started to happen with this running back position. Okay, as of right now. Saquon Barkley did not get a long-term deal. Josh Jacobs of the Raiders is planning on holding out of training camp until he gets a long-term deal. It's the same thing with Tony Pollard. Well, Pollard did sign his deal, excuse me. But still, these are three running backs who have not received long-term deals, and I would make the argument that Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs are three of the best running backs in the NFL. But here's just the true, cold, hard reality. As Christian McCaffrey went on Twitter and said, these are three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. But guess what? It's not about that. It's not what it's about. It's about longevity. It's about how long are you going to last. Okay, because we've seen way too many teams, uh, the Cowboys, just a couple years ago, they they gave Zeke all that money. And by you know the second, third year of that five-year deal, he wasn't anywhere near as good as he was on his first contract. He wasn't. Okay, Austin, Austin Eckler, a lot of running backs have been tweeting out about this. Here's what Eckler said. This is the kind of trash, this is in response to Matt Miller, that's his name. Uh, and his, his three steps are draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good, you franchise the running back one time. And then you repeat. Okay, and a lot of running backs have been responding to this ideology that a lot of NFL teams seem to be following. Here's what Austin Eckler said. This is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Guess what? It's not one of the most important positions in the game anymore. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back. Oh, uh, the Chiefs last year? Anyway, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his back. Here's the thing. 
There are so many good running backs. It is simply supply and demand. Okay, supply and demand. You remember this from like third grade. Okay, if there's a lot of something, then it costs less. If there aren't as many of something, then it costs more. Guess what? Even though quarterback is the most important position in in football, if there were 50 quarterbacks out there that could be elite-level NFL quarterbacks, you wouldn't have to pay as much to have an elite-level quarterback. Meanwhile, when we look at the running back position, there are so many really good running backs out there. There are good running backs on practice squads. Okay, it is the most replaceable position in the NFL. And with the way that the NFL has evolved over the past, you know, five, six, seven years, they're no longer anywhere near as important as they used to be. When you were building an NFL Super Bowl roster, if you want to go and you want to win a Super Bowl, what do you need? You need a quarterback, you need a left tackle. You need a good center. You need a really great outside wide receiver. You need a corner. You need a defensive end. You probably want a good linebacker in there, and then maybe you want a running back. Maybe you want a right tackle. Maybe you want a good right tackle before you go get a really good running back. And that's the thing. The quarterback position elevates everything else. That's part of why you pay the money for it. The wide receiver position, as we saw with the Miami Dolphins this last year, can elevate your quarterback. That's why you pay a lot of money for Tyreek Hill. When we look at the the defensive side of the ball, who gets paid the most? Pass rushers. You know why? Because pass rushers elevate the rest of your defense. Okay, when you have a defensive end that can get that can get to the quarterback in one and a half seconds, or a defensive tackle in Aaron Donald who can get to the quarterback in one and a half seconds, it makes everybody's job on defense easier. That's why you pay them more. Meanwhile, the running back position doesn't do that. Okay? Because no matter who you are, no matter who you are as a running back, we saw this last year with the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league. The offensive line was bad in Indy last year. And guess what? His numbers weren't as good. His talent, and as talented as he is, as I said, that is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. His talent could not overcome the lack of a good offensive line. And meanwhile, we look at we look up there in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan and his offense, and guess what? They bring in random running backs that you've never heard of, and they year in and year out have good years, except for Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, you've heard of him. But they year in and year out have really good seasons for two reasons. One, the, the San Francisco 49ers always have a really good offensive line. Always. Secondly, you can scheme into being able to run the football. You can scheme it. Okay, we saw it with Miami this last year. We see it in San Francisco every year. Okay, you can scheme run plays to a point where you can consistently run the football and it does not matter who you're handing the ball off to when you get to that level. That's just how it is. Here's what Derrick Henry had to say about the running back position. He says, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game, then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give all to give their all to, to an organization just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. It's not about the hard work. It's not. It's about wisely investing in your team. And look, in a salary cap league like the NFL is, you have no margin for error. If you overspend in one area, it can legitimately cost you your chances of winning a Super Bowl. 
That's just how it is. And, you know, we can come out, we can talk about how crucial and how important the running back position is, but it just isn't. It just isn't. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year with a seventh-round draft pick as their running back. A rookie seventh-rounder was the starting running back on the best team in the NFL last year. Sorry, Saquon Barkley. You aren't needed. You're a luxury. Okay, that's what Christian McCaffrey is in San Francisco. He's a luxury. They've drafted really well. They have extra cap space. And so what are they able to do? They're able to go out. They're able to splurge on a star that is Christian McCaffrey. But that's it. Unless you are going to a team that has extra cap space, which not very many teams do, then you're not going to get paid. The NFL has changed. Running backs, you're not a necessity anymore. I'm sorry. You're a luxury. And sadly, you're a luxury that a lot of NFL teams can't afford. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the AFC East, where their fun fact aren't very many good running backs, and it's one of the best divisions in the NFL. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tua Tagovailoa, and Mac Jones are the quarterbacks in the AFC East. In my opinion, that would make them a top three division in terms of the quarterback play. And when you pair that with, you know, the coaches, the defenses, the other players, the other stars in this division, I think that you then get the best division in football. Three out of the four teams come into the season with Super Bowl-level expectations, and the New England Patriots come into the season with the history of Bill Belichick on their side. People are hoping, expecting a lot out of this division. The Jets added Aaron Rodgers. The Dolphins hired Vic Fangio. Von Miller comes back for the Bills. The Patriots hired a real offensive coordinator. Who would have thought? But I'll be honest. I I expect this division to be very similar to a Taco Bell experience. Oh, man. Taco Bell experience. That's what this division's going to be. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I like to dabble with the Taco Bell stuff, you know, pop in there from time to time. And whenever I go, it's always late at night, okay? Like, if you don't eat Taco Bell late at night, then you're weird. That's the only time to eat Taco Bell, okay? Like, after midnight, that's it, okay? And, you know, you're laying around, you get hungry, you're like, you know what sounds really, really good? Taco Bell. Your excitement level goes up because you haven't had it a while, had it in a while. And whenever you go to Taco Bell, you can't just get like one or two things. You got to go big. You got to get a quesadilla. You got to get a Doritos Locos Tacos with no lettuce because I'm not trying to be healthy here. You got to get a cheesy gordita crunch. That's the best thing that they have there. Just saying. You know, you miss the taste of the fast food Mexican. You miss it, and that leads you to a sense of abandonment. Okay, you abandon all of your prior experiences with Taco Bell. You get three or four bites into it, and you're just like, oh, this is so good. Because it is good. You're enjoying every second of it. Then, depending on how strong your stomach is, you begin to slowly regret it. The next thing you know, you're on the toilet for half an hour, regretting the decision to go get Taco Bell. Thoughts begin racing through your head. Why did I bet on the Dolphins to win this division? I knew Tua was going to get hurt. He always gets hurt. 
why didn't I listen to myself? The Bills aren't built for the postseason. They're overly reliant on Josh Allen. They have no run game. I knew this coming into the season. Why did I pick them to win the Super Bowl? Now I'm out 100 bucks. The Jets are still the Jets. They always let me down. I know they're the Jets. I, I knew I could have no faith in the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. What was I thinking? And if you're a Patriots fan, you're just like, eh, okay. This is what I figured. We went 8-9. See you next year. So I, I would like to tell you that I was going to be the voice of reason here to keep you from going and getting that Taco Bell, to keep you from becoming overly invested in this division of, of disappointments. Because that's really what this division is, year in and year out. All it does is let us down. But to be perfectly clear, I'm all in on this division. I'm so excited. Bets may or may not have already been placed on the Dolphins to win the division. I may or may not have put a couple dollars down on Josh Allen to win the MVP. I may or may not have bet on Aaron Rodgers to hit the over on touchdown passes this year. Look, there's just no avoiding the excitement in this division, even though the history tells us that we will regret it in the end. Let's start with the Bills. Is the window still open? Okay, when people look at this Buffalo Bills team, when they look at this roster, you immediately think that they are a Super Bowl contender. Okay, they're the favorites to win the AFC East right now on FanDuel. They have the second-best odds to win the AFC behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Are they that good, though? Are they better than the Bengals? Are they better than the Dolphins? Are they better than the Jaguars? Are they better than the Chargers? If Russell Wilson figures it out under Sean Payton, are they better than the Broncos? I think these are all fair questions. And here's the thing. Since heading into the 2020 season, we've had high expectations for the Bills that they are yet to meet. Okay, Last year, they barely beat the Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs and then proceeded to get embarrassed by the Bengals. In 2021, Patrick Mahomes did the impossible, moving the ball in the field goal range in 13 seconds. Then the Bills lose the coin toss and the Chiefs walked off on a touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. In 2020, they played the Chiefs. And guess what? The Chiefs beat them by two touchdowns. And I think that if there was any year that the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl, that they were going to even make it to the Super Bowl, was in 2021. But now, Brian Dable is getting Daniel Jones paid in New York, and the Bills are looking more and more like the James Harden-led Rockets. They are entirely reliant on Josh Allen. That's the issue. He does everything for them, and it is not a great way to win in the playoffs. But it is a great way to win the MVP. Allen is really the only guy I think I'd bet on to win the MVP this year. Okay, he hasn't won the award yet. Everyone knows he's deserving. This very much feels like a, you know what, this is this is overdue. This is past due. We got to give him one. If he has a good year this year, we're going to give it to him. So, yeah, Josh Allen, plus 700 if you're a gambling person. But here's here's the really cold, hard truth when it comes to this Bills team as a whole. Even though they drafted well, even though Von Miller is coming back, Brian Dable is not. He's not walking through that door. Okay, this team is bound to be over-dependent on Josh Allen again, and just like last year, that will be their downfall. The New York Jets. They remind me of an old friend. The Jets decided to pull out the Band-Aids in the offseason. They traded for Aaron Rodgers. If I didn't know any better, I'd say that in a few years, after a revolving door quarterback, they're going to draft a young guy with like the fourth overall pick that's full of potential. He may or may not play at Florida. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. 
But a lot of people have related this transaction to when the Jets traded for Brett Favre. And they're like, it makes sense, you know, trading, you know, with the Packers for an older quarterback, all that kind of stuff. But for me, this feels much more like the Colts three years ago. Both teams drafted a quarterback high in the first round. Andrew Luck retires early due to injuries. Zach Wilson looks like he belongs in the XFL, right? So both teams have to replace these young quarterbacks. This leads to both teams, the Colts and the Jets, grabbing proven veteran quarterbacks to plug into their otherwise complete rosters. Okay, And despite signing a one-year deal with the Colts, the Colts fully expected for Phillip Rivers to be around longer than that single season. And there's a similar expectation with Rodgers. It's expected that he's going to be that he's going to be around and contribute until his contract expires. But he doesn't seem like the type. He's 39. His actions haven't exactly screamed, I love football these past two years. Now maybe, you know, the $50 million a year will keep him around. Maybe the change of scenery reignites his passion to play. But I just, I wouldn't count on that. He doesn't seem like the type to really care. You know, we get very much Kyrie vibes from Aaron Rodgers. And here's, I think, the most concerning part. Last year appears to be the start of the decline for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, like a quarterback's decline is usually really rapid. Really rapid, excuse me. Do you remember Peyton Manning? Okay, it's like unexpectedly falling off a cliff on Jupiter. Okay. It's going to happen fast when it happens. And how terrible would it be for the Jets to trade all these things away just to be waiting at the bottom of the cliff for Aaron Rodgers to fall? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is great this year. But even if he is great, do we really think that the Jets are good enough to win the AFC East, yet alone the Super Bowl or the AFC? I, I just I, I don't think that they are. Like this team's talented, but the coaching staff is really unproven. Nathaniel Hackett was awful in Denver. Okay, after the Jets started six and four last year, their running back goes down. They finished the year on a six game losing streak. Okay, look, Robert Sala, fantastic defensive coordinator, large part of why their defense was so good last year. But you have to score points to win. And and I know the hope is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the answer to that, but it's got to be more than just Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Nathaniel Hackett is going to have to do a good job. Do we think he's going to? I don't think he is. Sorry, Jets fans, but seems like you're you're in here for another disappointing season. Miami Dolphins. Good luck finding a team with more stars. Seriously. I just, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to find one. Okay, Xavier Howard, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Ramsey. A lot of talent. Okay, they had one of the best offseasons in the NFL. They had the best offseason, I think, of any team in the division. They bring in Vic Fangio, who's... Probably going to end up being the best defensive coordinator in football. They beefed up the secondary with the addition of Jalen Ramsey. They added much-needed linebacker depth with David Long Jr., who had a good year for the Titans last year. The question is not the talent. Everybody knows the question around this Miami Dolphins team, and that is, will Tua stay healthy? He had multiple concussions last year. He had to learn jujitsu to learn how to fall properly. That's concerning. Going back to his time at Alabama, he's had even more injuries, the hip, the ankle surgeries. Their Super Bowl hopes are directly tied to Tua's ability to stay healthy. Okay, well, look, when he played last year, they were really good. The offense moved up and down the field, several big plays. They were able to turn every game into a track meet. When you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, that is exactly what you want to do. Talent, 
has come in by the truckload these past couple of off seasons in Miami. If they can stay healthy, they can win the Super Bowl. If they get banged up, they're going to have to answer the question of do they have enough depth to stay afloat until those starters come back. Okay, look, let's just be honest here. Every team's season is dependent on health, but given Tua's history and the surrounding talents, it has been magnified in Miami. Put it as simple as this. If Tua stays healthy, the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl. Now move on. moving on to the New England Patriots, the old guy on the block. Bill Belichick is the best coach to ever put a hoodie on. Okay, and it's the fact that he wears a hoodie is just perfect for New England and perfect for the way that he coaches. Appearance just simply does not matter. It's all about winning. They're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. And we know discipline runs through the blood of whoever is wearing a Patriots uniform. It's just how it is. The only issue is this is a new era of football. Okay, as important as it is to be tough and physical and disciplined, it is equally as important to be talented on offense, which the Patriots simply are not. Okay, we know that as long as Belichick is calling the signals, the defense is going to be amongst the best in the league. But since Tom Brady's left, the offense just hasn't been nearly as consistent. Now they're bringing in Bill O'Brien, who coached Jones briefly at Alabama. He was Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator from 07 to 2011. And the Patriots' success this year is strictly tied to O'Brien's ability to restore the consistency of Mac Jones. Okay, Jones had a really good rookie year. Last year, he wasn't great. Okay, and here's the thing. Even if Jones is better, even if O'Brien is able to bring some of that, you know, Crimson Tide magic to Boston and kind of reignite Jones and get him going, does this team have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball to raise the ceiling. I don't know if they do. Okay, like I think the only way that the Patriots have a chance to even compete for the division is if they can land a wide receiver who can make plays on the outside. And look, DeAndre Hopkins was available, and they didn't get him. DeAndre Hopkins was supposed to be that guy. If you're the Patriots, you had to sign DeAndre Hopkins if you wanted to be competitive, and they didn't. He just signed with the Titans. Look, if the Patriots are able to find a weapon on the outside, maybe there's some undrafted free agent that they grab. Maybe there's a guy on the practice squad who ends up being a stud. If they can find somebody to make plays on the outside, on the offensive side of the ball, then the Patriots can be a really good team. But if they can't do that, then the best that they're going to be is the team that plays spoiler at the end of the year for other playoff hopeful teams. As a whole, I like the Dolphins to win to win the division with a record of twelve and five. I think the Bills follow at eleven and six. Um, they'll make the playoffs with that record, and then the Jets will go nine and eight and grab the seven seed. And then the Patriots will go like seven and ten, six and eleven. Maybe they go eight and nine, but I like that seven and ten number. This is the only division in football, though, where all four teams could legitimately win the division. That is why I think it's the best division in the NFL. Okay. Like, you are, you're a Tua injury away, and the Patriots finding a legit outside receiving threat from the Patriots, like, winning the division. You are. Okay, you're a Josh Allen injury away from the Bills winning three games. Like, you're an unprecedented, amazing MVP-like season from Aaron Rodgers away from the Jets winning this division. I mean, it could really go any way with just, if just a couple dominoes fall a certain way. So, AFC East, it should be the most exciting division in football this year. 
We'll see if it disappoints or not. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'll be back again on Thursday. Got both ZG and Matt Murphy coming on. Super pumped to have to have them on. It's going to be good, so make sure you subscribe and you come back for that. Once again, this is Jonathan Smith, and thank you for listening to the pod. <laughs>